0: District of Conservation is sponsored by CFact. To learn more about our sponsor, head over to cfact.org. Thank you so much for listening to the show. As cooler temps take fold, the trout begin to rise, and the leaves' colors begin to change. It feels like fall in Virginia. I have sensed that chill recently, and while I will miss the warmth, I don't mind a little change. Yet, I welcome you to episode 228 of District of Conservation. This episode is largely going to give a few updates from some legislatures, from the federal government, and I will conclude with an interview I conducted with North Branch Outing Club guide Dave McCool to kind of give you guys a preview and some more content. But since the last time I had put out an episode about a week ago, I released a video about my time at the North Branch Outing Club. It's a vlog, you can find it in the show notes. And if you wanna learn more about grouse hunting from the video that I put out, you can check it out there. So show notes, head over to that. And either later tonight or tomorrow, I will be releasing a vlog about some of my findings from the San Antonio Zoo and their conservation programs. You'll learn from their wildlife biologists and also CEO Tim Morrow, who previously appeared on the show not too long ago. There will be some more interviews from my experience at North Branch Outing Club, and we will be talking with a gun industry representative who also dabbles in hunting later this week. So you can expect some more fascinating and unique interviews from me here on the podcast. And if you'd like to nominate yourself, Or have a bill or some update that you think is relevant to the podcast, please send those my way. I would love to consider them. All right, here is what I have for you today on the podcast. This first topic comes to us from our friends in Florida. Mike from Aquaculture, who you have heard on the podcast before and who was one of the organizers of my reporting trip to Florida back in March when I learned about aquaculture and what true conservation practices down there are looking like, they have informed me of an interesting bill to actually realize aquatic plant management, something they talked about in their discussions about aquaculture and repurposing invasive plants, converting them into fertilizer for ranching and farming, and just repurposing that and doing that. And there is a bill that Mike brought to my attention called Florida HB or House Bill 579. It is entitled Aquatic Plant Management, and it is by Representative Mello. As it relates to aquatic plant management, it directs FWCC in consolation with the University of Florida and IFAS and FGCU water school to implement and study nutrient removal technologies and mechanical aquatic plant management techniques within Lake Okeechobee watershed. It authorizes the FWCC to consult and contract with entities for implementation and study. It directs the agency to submit report to the governor and legislature. It provides appropriation amounting to $500,000 it was filed on November 12th, this past Friday, and if it were to be approved, it would be implemented, effective date, July 1st, 2022. If you want to read more of the Bills text, that's for your reading in the show notes. I will also point you and direct you back to my video on aquaculture that I released through my Conservation Nation series with CFACT, and you can learn more about what that looks like, what aquatic plant management is perceived to be, what they do, how it'll help rectify a problem with nutrient removal down in the Lake Okeechobee, greater Lake Okeechobee ecosystem. So if you're interested and you want to learn more about this, I definitely recommend the bill and also watching my video and checking out what agriculture is up to. So I think they're really going to do something noteworthy and it's deserving of attention. So I'm happy to give my friends down in Florida a plug for this bill as something to consider and also to direct you all to agriculture. I think it's a unique thing happening down there and they're not really getting a lot of notice. There's a lot of controversy over water quality issues in Florida. And I think this is something you can consider if you're not too familiar, but you want to see kind of a free market reform in place relating to addressing an environmental problem. This is it. So HB 579 in Florida. We will keep tabs if that will make any movement in the upcoming legislative session there. Are there more potential ethics problems with Energy Secretary Jennifer Granholm and Proterra? Matthew Foldy of the Washington Free Beacon has another story entitled Energy Secretary Granholm Violates Ethics Pledge to Boost Proterra Watchdog Claims. And apparently the tagline is the secretary spoke in front of former employers' buses at a November event. And this is a report that Matt Foldy put out on Friday, November 12th. And according to a watchdog complaint against Proterra, Secretary Granholm committed a flagrant violation of ethics rules by using her official position to promote products of her former employer, electric bus manufacturer Proterra. According to a watchdog complaint obtained by the Washington Free Beacon, government watchdog Protect the Public's Trust notified the Department of Energy's Inspector General on Friday of its concerns regarding a November 1st event in which Granholm appeared at an official administration event with Proterra buses prominently displayed behind her. Granholm's participation in the event where more than $100 million worth of government grants were announced to support electric vehicle manufacturers, was a, quote, conscious flagrant affront to her ethics obligations, end quote, the watchdog wrote. They continued, a full investigation is warranted to understand whether and to what extent Secretary Granholm has violated her legal and ethics violations obligations as a cabinet official, protect the public trust director Michael Chamberlain wrote in the group's letter to the agency, Ethics officials, the letter argues that it was unethical for Granholm to participate in any event in which grants that, quote, directly and predictably benefit Proterra, end quote, were announced. During the event where Granholm was flanked by Proterra buses and joined by Vice President Kamala Harris and several senators, she praised Proterra's battery technology. I will have you read the rest of that, but we had Matt Foldy come on the podcast previously to talk about this and some of the conflicts of interest, our new. our new energy secretary boasts. It also doesn't help that she appears to be extremely tone deaf to the situation relating to oil and gas reserves, about the concerns relating to shortages, paying more at the pump. She laughed that off. If you guys have seen that now viral clip of her laughing off at energy independence, basically saying, and and I'm merely paraphrasing that, we have to beg OPEC to open oil reserves and we can't independently drill for oil and gas or explore oil and gas on federal lands here in the United States, which is ridiculous. The Trump administration was able to do that last administration. They didn't beg OPEC to fix anything. They didn't need OPEC's permission to pursue energy independence. So it's extremely laughable. And it's not surprising to see a growing number of Biden officials having conflicts of interest, including the energy secretary. So I will direct you to read Matthew's stellar reporting in the show notes. All right, here is a taste of my interview with Dave McCool, who is a certified Orvis fly fishing instructor and hunting guide with the North Branch Outing Club. I wanted to speak with him for a few minutes towards the tail end of our trip, gather his thoughts about the lodge hunting opportunities and fishing opportunities in Michigan and what we had hoped to accomplish in the Brownells reporting trip that I participated in with other women in outdoor media. And it was located just east of Traverse City in towns known as Grayling or more specifically the town of Lovells. So here is Dave McCool in his own words, and you can get to know more about him and the lodge. We're speaking with Dave McCool, who had guided us both on hunting and fishing. And he's been a gracious host, and he's a good guide, and telling us all about the history of the North Branch Outing Club, fly fishing on the Al Sable River, and so much more. So Dave, what have we accomplished this week, or in mine and Lakeisha's cases, lack there of accomplished? But we did come away learning a lot, but what can people expect when hunting and fishing here at the North Branch Outing Club?
1: Well, um, the Outing Club has been hosted some of the most famous uh, people in the country, the industrials, like Henry Ford, Rockefeller. Uh, Dodge Brothers, uh, Edsel Ford, John Lewis—all um, the all the major industries would come here and fly fish and bird hunt. And not much has changed. It's actually gotten healthier over here, and the bird hunting here is exceptional, um, and the fly fishing is just fantastic. So we do a lot of cast and blast, and we do a lot of bird hunting, and just have a great time here.
0: And how long have you been guiding here at the club? Twenty-one years. And you have really enjoyed it. You were talking about it with us, and you have an interesting background, so how did you get roped into all this?
1: Well, you know, I did the corporate thing for quite a while. I'm a Michigan boy, born and raised here. I grew up in these woods, I grew up on these rivers fishing with family and uh, hunting, so it's a natural fit for me, but I was one of those people that didn't want to really recognize that. Mm-hmm. But when I finally figured it out, this is where I needed to be, and I just love it here. I love my people. I love the guests. I love the teaching. You know, we do fly fishing schools, and we're going to do some upland bird hunting clinics. Great stuff. stuff.
0: What is the most fascinating thing about grouse and woodcock hunting? Because as we learned this week, it was very difficult. And it's not because like I'm a terrible shot or anything, but it is a really difficult hunt. And people warned me. They said, you need to be humble if you do get something. And if you don't, it's a good learning experience. So why is it so much more difficult? Because of the terrain, Well, the birds are I, smarter than us. Well,
1: In my opinion, and I've hunted a lot of different birds all around the world, I would say a mature rough grouse is probably the most cunning bird that flies in the, in the north woods they're very very smart they're very wary and they're very fast it's like zero to 40 right now and they come out of heavy cover so for people that are used to going out in open spaces and shooting open this is a completely different experience we're in heavy tags heavy cover it's a very challenging thing so it's uh it's really once you get into it it becomes very addictive and you know i've had clients that have gone three years without killing a grouse now woodcock uh, right now, we're starting to see them. We've seen them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're starting to migrate now. The grouse, they're local. They stay here. Woodcock are now coming out of Canada and the UP, and they come down in big flights. So you can, uh, we had, a, yesterday, we had 18 birds in 20 minutes. So um, when, they, when they fly, when they migrate, they migrate in good numbers mm-hmm. together. And so it's so much fun. Your heart's pounding. You got empty shells on the ground smoking. It's just, it's fabulous. The whole thing is.
0: Yeah, you told us to kind of adopt a cadence, to be in a straight line, and to move, and it renders a really good cardio workout, and you have to be aware, and you can't, and and they're surface birds, so they're usually on the floor, and then the dogs will flush them, and then you have to shoot, obviously above to make sure yeah. that you get a good aim yes. on them, and, and and they're really fast. You had warned us they're really fast, and we saw that for ourselves. Like, they will just come out of nowhere, and I was like, oh, my gosh, am we, I missing them? We actually
1: I- call them, uh, we nicknamed them Thunder Chickens because when they when they take off, they just roar, and they go. Um, and it's so much fun to watch the dogs and read the dogs and yeah. introduce clients to good dog work and that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's a, the whole experience is just exceptional.
0: Yeah, your dog, Adel, was really on board, and she delivered... By showing us a lot of birds, we saw lots of birds when we hunted with you. The second day with Dale, it was good too, but it was probably because of the rain. Maybe that yeah, interfered we had some a lot weather. with, with that. But the first day, Adel just really put us on the board for a lot, lot of birds. I remember seeing yeah, that. Yeah, she's in-
1: my, she's my little German Viltelund, and. Uh, She's a fun dog. She does things that uh, most bird dogs don't do. She does mm-hmm. what they call giving tongue. So <laughs> when she gets, when, it's what they call it in Germany. When she gets birdie or she's going to bust a bird, she'll go, yip, yep. yep. And I'm like, if you hear that, you better have your eyes open and ready to go. So she's a lot of fun to hunt with. She flushes grouse. She points woodcock. Mm -hmm. So just fun. And you
0: also have the Black Labrador. And what does Finn do?
1: He's the lodge greeter here. Um, (laughs) He he, he inspects all 14 rooms here and makes sure clients are happy. Uh, He's a great dog. But he's kind of our lodge clown. He's great.
0: And how long does grouse and woodcock season last here? Like for this season, how long so, is it running So
1: basically um, what happens is the season starts September 15th, but typically we don't start hunting until the 1st of October mm-hmm. simply because it's too warm and it's hard on the docks. And it will go till November 14th, then it closes for deer season, then opens back up December 1 and goes until uh, the end of December.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And now you're not shooting woodcock then, it's just grouse mm-hmm. because the woodcock have all migrated through.
0: And talk about the fishing. So we're just starting to learn of the trout that are spawning. And we didn't. We only saw that one trout that you said was chasing after my wooly bugger. But what is the fishing like and when does it really heat up here?
1: Oh, the fishing here in May, June and July is just fantastic. Uh, we have a, a, a myriad of, uh, of mayfly hatches mm-hmm. that start with the Hendrickson's in early May. The gentleman's hatch uh, it's it's warm the hatch comes off in the middle of the day we got fish feeding and then we go to you know sulfurs and brown drakes and then hex. it's just we have things coming all the time mm-hmm. so it's it's a great time to be here
0: and what else about the region what makes this region so unique it's obviously not the Upper Peninsula it's Central Michigan but Northern Michigan and same but it's not Upper Peninsula but what do you like about this region most we're about an hour and a half or so from Traverse City And we're pretty close to uh, some of the other attractions, Saginaw, Mackinac Island, and other places. But what makes this area so special to you? Well,
1: for me... um we have literally tens of thousands of acres if we're talking about bird hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, and this tens is all of,
0: public land hunting, All public right?
1: land, yep. Tens of thousands of acres. So you could hunt here for a couple weeks and not even scratch it. Hmm. So it's it's it, it's very unique that way. Also, like here on the North Branch of the Oslo River, um, it's all pretty much private, mm-hmm. and the fishing is exceptional. Um, and we use uh, 24 and a half foot long longboats to take our clients down the river. It's a boat that was designed to... Um, uh, the design's way over 100 years old. It was designed to haul uh, supplies to the lumbering camps on the river back in the day. But it turns out it makes a great fly fishing boat. Mm-hmm. They're not manufactured. You have to find a family that builds them. Custom? They're very wow. custom. So it's a unique experience. And it's, it's, uh, it's just fun.
0: That's great. Yeah, and it was my first time to Michigan this week. And I've just been so impressed by it, by how... The landscape is so different, you get a little bit of a chill. It was largely warm, kind of unseasonably warm, but we got a little chill this morning on this Friday the 15th. And it really is such a charming place. So for out of staters like me who want to have a draw to Michigan, what is their pitch to come hunt and fish with you here?
1: The pitch for the for say North that, Branch
0: when, the pitch for hunting North Branch Outing Club. Well if fishing. you want
1: if you want to experience uh, probably the best fly fishing east of the Mississippi it's the Osable system. So we have the North Branch, the South Branch, the Mainstream, all of it. We have tributaries like Big Creek that go in, and it's all very trouty water.
0: That's very good. And where can people connect with you to book hunting trips, fishing trips, clinics, stay at the lodge? Schools, all of it. Schools, yeah. everything. Where, could, where do you want to send everyone to?
1: I'd like to, everybody to go to the North Branch Outing Club, NBOC. Uh, you can find us online. Uh, we will have a new website up in January. So uh, I would encourage that. And they're also welcome to call.
0: And follow on social media, too. You, you guys are going to populate your content more coming yes. up? Yes, yes. Excellent. Yeah, so excited. And how about your personal website? You have your own website relating to the outdoors, so people can connect with you personally mm-hmm. as well. So give that website as well.
1: Uh, it's mccooloutdoor.com. It's M-C-C-L-O-L, uh the word outdoor.com.
0: Excellent. It's been fun working with you. You guys have been a
1: blast. Yeah, Brownells
0: was wonderful in bringing us all together and having us learn under you. So thank you both to Brownells and North Branch Outing Company for this tremendous week, a a great week of learning. And that's okay. But (laughs) next time we'll come back and we'll be successful, and, and that's what we hope to do.
1: Yeah. Outstanding. I've loved having you guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the show. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you're following us on your preferred podcast player. We like to recommend Apple Podcasts because Apple is where most of our listenership hails from. So if you head over to Apple, subscribe, comb through some episodes, and leave us reviews, we'd be more than appreciative of your support in that manner. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to never miss a beat nor a guest announcement. And you can connect with me personally on my social media feeds, all of the Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram links that I have are all denoted by blue check marks. Really easy to find me, so engage with me there. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to recommend yourself for the show as a prospective guest, I'm all ears to hear and sift through different inquiries. I get a lot of requests, and my schedule is also quite busy, so you'll see guests come from me, and I'm. but like I said, I'm always open to different guests coming on the show. Thanks for listening,